Welcome back to another episode on Unlucky Hunters Matter. This week, we are going to be talking about gear and tactics that I will be using this season. I appreciate you listening in this week to Unlucky Hunters Matter. Now let's start talking about gear. Once again, full disclosure, I am not sponsored, nor do I have any affiliation from any of the companies that I am going to be talking about on this episode. So where to begin? I guess I'll start this off by talking about the clothing that I will be wearing. This year, I started wearing Sitcut Optifade Subalpine for the early bow season and spring turkey season. Now let me tell you, their pattern works and it works really well. I think this year I have probably had the most encounters with game even though I still haven't managed to kill any deer yet without actually spooking because they haven't been able to make me out as a threat. They just know something wasn't right. I have for the first time had does actually stick around snorting trying to figure out what spooked them. I have never had this experience with other camouflage patterns that I have used in the past. The other nice thing about their pattern is it literally works in almost any given situation. It doesn't matter if I'm up in a tree or on the ground or in a field, you will literally blend into any environment that you will be hunting in the New England area. When the leaves fall off the trees, leaving everything looking dead, I'll be using Sitka's Optifade Elevated 2. And I cannot wait to wear those pieces of clothing out in the woods here in a month or so. I know that Sitka gear can be expensive, but I see it as an investment that will last me years to come, providing that I take care of it. And obviously, that is what I'm doing. I only wear it out to hunt, and as soon as I get back to the truck, I change back to my street clothes, and my hunting clothes go right back into the tote until the next time I go out. Strongly recommend that if you are not currently doing this with your hunting gear, then you should start doing it today. It really helps with odor control and will keep you from having to wash your hunting hunting clothes all the time, causing more unnecessary wear and tear on your hunting clothes. Plus it saves on laundry detergent, water, and your electric bill. And your wallet will thank you. Now let's talk about tree stands, saddles, and blinds. For tree stands, there's only one company that I use and I'll probably only will be using going forward and the company is Novix Tree Stands. The reason why I went with them is first and foremost, they are made right here in the US. The second reason is because of their customer services like none other. Every time that I have ordered a tree stand from them within a day, I have received a call from them to thank me for my purchase and just to see how I am doing. Now please tell me this, how many other companies have you had this experience with? As for me, I can honestly say that nobody has personally called me and thanked me for purchasing from them. Third reason is that they are light and mobile and yet are easy to hang and can fit in almost any type of a tree. Now once again, they can be pricey, but for the features that they have and for how sturdy they are and easy to mount to trees, they are completely worth the price for them. Once again, I treat them as they are are an investment because that's what they are. For ladder stands, well, I pretty much have gotten away from them due to they are heavy, time consuming to put up, and too much of a pain to move to move them around if one spot isn't working out. For saddles, I went with none other but tethered. 
So why them? Well, that's right. First thing is that they are also made right here in the US. Second is how light they strive to make all of their products. I am running their Phantom saddle with their one sticks and their platform, which all weighs together only about seven pounds, which makes the most ideal setup for any situation, but mostly focusing on the spots that are way back off the beaten path. The gear is also really comfortable to sit in, and they are also super easy to modify with any moly type pouches. So if you are thinking about getting into saddle hunting or you're wanting to switch to a different style of saddle, I highly encourage you to go check out Tether. And I promise you that you will not be disappointed if you do. But once again, they can be pricey, but you get what you pay for and it's also an investment. Ground blinds. Well, for that, I just use the run-of-the-mill blind from Tractor Supply or any other big box store that happens to have them on sale. I really don't go expensive on ground blinds because they have a tendency to not last long because of the winds that we tend to have here in Connecticut. I also don't run expensive blinds for when I leave them out on state land. I don't really lose sleep if they should get stolen because of greedy hands. I know that some people like the more expensive ground blinds, which is fine. And if I hunted strictly private land and knew I was the only person hunting at a spot, then I would probably go with a more expensive and fancier ground blind. The one thing that we are doing different this year is we are running a box blind on a small trailer and leaving it on that trailer to keep it more mobile. And by doing this, there are ways to keep it secure and to keep it from getting stolen. Plus, we are not breaking any laws about permanent blinds and stands. All right, let's talk about weaponry. And for bow, I am using Hoyt's Helix 60 pound draw weight, 27 and a half inch draw length. The sights that I'm using is Trophy Ridge React 1. For quiver, I'm using Trophy Ridge's five arrow quick release. Stabilizer is a Bee Stinger Hunter Extreme, eight inch. For the arrow rest, I am using Hoyt's Quad Drop Away. The release I am using is a True Fire Edge Foldback. And finally, the arrows I am shooting is a Victory Archery RIP TKO .204 diameter. And the broadheads I am using are the G5's Montec in the 125 grains for a total arrow weight of 423 grains. The crossbow I am using is a Barnett's XP 400. Shooting Barnett's Headhunter Carbon Crossbow Arrows with Strobe Lighted Knocks. And for Broadheads, I'm using the G5 Montex and 125 grains for a total arrow or bolt weight of 401 grains. For Optics, I'm using the Vortex Crossfire 2 2x7x32 crossbow scope. Now, I know a lot of people out there think that crossbows shouldn't be allowed unless you have a disability or there should be a season just for crossbows. But for me, I just don't see it that way. I see it as another tool to use during the archery season. Just like some hunters prefer recurve over compound bows, I think 
that those people don't really understand the challenges that go with crossbows. They are heavier, not making it easy to use in a tree stand unless you have a shooting rail to support them. They are a lot louder. The reload process can be more time consuming, thus the follow-on shots, if you should miss, are pretty much not going to happen right off the bat. Anyways, I'm getting off topic, and that we can have a whole discussion for another day. Now for the shotgun season here, I am using a Savage 220 slug gun. For ammunition, I am using Remington's Premier AccuTrip 260 grain Savage slug. For scope, I am using Burris 3x15x44. The reason why I chose the reason why I chose to use the Savage 220 is because I want the long range that other hunters have gotten out of their firearm for hunting the open fields, but with a low magnification level, I can still use it for the big woods where the shots won't be much farther than 50 yards. Now for muzzleloader season, I am running CVA's Wolf 50 cal. For optics, I'm using the Vortex Crossfire 2. 4x12x40. For Sabbaths, I'm using the Power Belt 330 grain. For powder, I'm using the 777 powder in the 50 grain pellets. Now, I'll load three pellets at a time to make it a magnum load, and let me tell you that baby works. I shot a doe last year, which she was right around 125 yards, and I smoked her right through the heart and she ran maybe 10 yards before tipping over. For the rest of my optics, I'm using Vortex products from my rangefinder to binoculars and spotting scope. The reason why I went with them, starting many years ago, is because I used to use Leopold optics for everything, but they got the military contract, and from that point going forward, they made their products so expensive that I, could, that I just couldn't afford them at the time. Then Vortex came out, and it's also a veteran owned and they had an amazing warranty on all their products that matched Leopold's warranty, but with a fraction of the prices for their optics. So of course it was a no brainer. Now you might be wondering why I'm using Burris scope on my Savage 220. Well, that's because Burris came out with the same warranty as Vortex and their prices are about the same as Vortex as well. And when I went to buy the Savage, the store that I had bought it from was all out of their Vortex scopes that I was looking for. I have yet to sight it in, but just bore sighting it, the optics are clear crisps, and I cannot wait to get it sighted in and see how well the ammunition and the optics match this firearm. Now, let's switch gears and start talking about tactics. The tactics that I have used this season this far have been mostly running the ground game using natural ground blinds or natural cover. My other tactics is going to be using my Novix tree stands that I have put out at various spots that have consistent deer showing up. I also plan to use my saddle for those spots farther back off the beaten path. We'll also use it for new spots that I find and to also just be more mobile. Like I mentioned before, with the box blind, I'll use that when the temperature starts to drop and it gets cold outside, which is usually muzzleloader season in December. 
I plan on being more mobile this year and not just fixed on certain spots. I say this, but I am starting to fall into that trap already. The trap of, I know there are deer here. I have proof of it. And so I hunt the same exact spot, even though the deer are not showing up. Instead of moving and trying to outsmart the deer. So I will be switching my spots, even if it's just moving 50 to 100 yards. And during the rut, I'm going to hunt all day, find fresh grapes and hunt over them, or at least set cameras up to pattern the bucks and then hunt over them. I want to be more flexible in my hunting this year to be more successful. I cannot believe that a week is already down of hunting season. So here are some of my lessons I have learned. My first lesson is rain. Heavy rain, the deer won't move, but as soon as it lets up just for a little bit, they'll come out and feed until the next heavy rain starts pouring again. So be out there and be ready for them. Second lesson I have learned is that slow is fast. What I mean by this is it take things slow and you won't have to backtrack or make extra trips back to your rig because you forgot something because you were rushing and ended up taking longer if you just had taken a few extra seconds or minutes and ensuring that you had everything that you would need. I was retaught this lesson just the other day. I left my house late for the evening hunt and when I got to where I was hunting I was in such a rush to get out hunting that I kept forgetting things so I kept having to go back and forth to the truck and back to my spot. That night ended up being a wash anyways. The wind shifted and I had to switch my spot. And then the farmer that leases that part of the public land decided that that evening was a perfect evening to spread his cow manure out. Third lesson I learned was sighting in my crossbow. I got the new scope from Vortex and was sighting it in. And instead of shooting what seems to be a million times you get a good anchor aim for center, take your shot, and then once you see through your scope where your bolt hit, you adjust the windage and elevation until your crosshairs are right on where the bolt hit. Then shoot another one, and you will be hitting bullseyes. I had my buddy try this out today, and it worked for him as well. You should really try it. It will save you time. Fourth lesson I learned. Understanding the best place to park to accessing your hunting spot. I was hunting this one spot where I have a camera up and almost every morning I have deer showing up around 7.30 to 8.30. So knowing this, when the deer would be there, I knew that it would be an easy hunt. However, I didn't know where to park other than the main parking area. And I didn't realize how long it would take for me to get from my truck to hike all the way back to my spot. Well, it ended up taking me longer than I thought and I missed my chances at those deer because they showed up right at 7.30 on that camera. Which this brings me to my next lesson learned. Fifth lesson is understanding how long it will take you to get to your spot from the time you park to you are up in your tree. Knowing this would have helped me out a few different times if I just knew how long it would take me to get to my spot. Sixth lesson learned, communication. If you and another hunter are hunting in the same spot, do not hesitate to talk with them at the end of the hunt. It's a great way to get data and to not step on each other's toes. 
This cornfield that I've been hunting is also being hunted by another hunter. So we will always chit chat about what we are seeing for deer and other animal movements. He has also let me know when he is planning on hunting goose out of there and even invited me to hunt with his with him and his party. So by communication, not only will you get extra data that you wouldn't have known beforehand, open up your opportunities for future hunts as well. Well, my fellow hunters, this is going to wrap it up for this week on Unlucky Hunters Matter. I appreciate you tuning in to this week's episode. I hope that you are all having success and enjoying your time in the great outdoors. If you hadn't had a chance to get out, I strongly recommend that you get out there. It's good for the soul and mind. Like always, stay safe, have fun, shoot straight, and the best of luck to you. Thanks again for listening to Unlucky Hunters Matter.